Welcome back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And it's the calm before the E3 storm in episode 125 today, June 6th, 2019. We're going to be catching up with each other and seeing what has transpired over this past week before diving right into our topic of the day, which is our 2019 E3 predictions, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamp located in this episode's detailed section of iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, etc. Otherwise, you just keep on listening. Esteban. See? How you doing over there? I think what you meant to say was... Como esta? Oh! I think what you meant to say was, que paso? Que pasa, mi hermano? <laughs> que pasta <laughs> in linguini. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Russ. Ah, sting. Well, uh, let's see. What did I do? I know that's what you wanted to ask me. I know, I know you've been dying to know mm. how far I've been getting in Spider-Man. I have, yes. How far are you now? I'm 60%, Russ. 60%. And what 60%, exactly Russ. happened at your 60% mark? Let's see. Well, Doc... Okay, well, I'm just going to throw it out there since you asked. So uh, I'm sure people have played it by now. Uh, Doc Ock is starting to show signs of... Well, 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 don't, well, don't, don't give away... Um, well, that's what's happening, Russ. Okay, uh, well, know. I'm just saying. Just saying. Just be tactful, Steve. That's all I ask. Um, it's not in my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> I failed at the spelling bee. Um, can I spell it? Yeah, I can. Anyway. <laughs> can you use that word in a sentence? <laughs> oh, wait. You just did, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and sit back down now. I called somebody else. <laughs> Let's see. So I found all the backpacks. Uh-huh. Uh, I've met Sable. Oh, no. very nice. Um, Dr. Lee knows what's up with me. I know what's up with him. Ah, yes. The old pointing the finger at the side of the yes. nose moment. Um, I've, I've met Miles Morales. Uh-huh. God, that yeah, was, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And I guess now what I'm trying to do is a little side quest. There's a bomb dude that uh, I forgot what his name is, but uh, I've met him once and um, kicked my butt. Bomb voyage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, wouldn't oh. So that's where I am. Cool. Yeah. So you've been enjoying it? Yeah. I got almost all the moves unlocked. Very nice. Um, I I can get the suit with the little spider legs that oh, pop out. I have Iron Spider. Iron Spider. I haven't got that one yet. I mean, I haven't I, I it's available to purchase, but I haven't purchased it yet. That one is actually my probably my favorite spider suit out of all the suits. You know which one that I, I've been using for the longest time, which looks pretty cool, is the suit that unlocks the, um, it's like the stun gun where it arcs to, like there's a tight group of people that are around you, like a bunch of thugs, mm -hmm. and you use your suit armor, it stuns him, but then if someone else is close by, then it stuns him too, and then if there's a third person, you can kind of make this arc. It's everyone gets stunned at the same time. Hmm. It's kind of a darker blue suit, but it has some red accents on it. It's been a while since I've looked at all the suits. You know, you know, you know. However, you know? I am a big fan of all the suits that get unlocked in that game. I, the, the um, ooh, had something kind of lean over here in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just move that right there. Oh, okay. Uh, but anyway, all the suits 
I feel were given the correct amount of TLC. Yeah. Good TLC, Russ. Indeed. Good turkey lettuce. Are you finding that like as you're playing through <laughs> the game that like you're getting more of like that organic mastery of how Spidey fights and web slings his way through Manhattan? Yeah, I would say so. I uh, I can swing pretty high. I can um, I'm used to jumping off buildings. It's lost a little bit of the, of the rush. Where when I first started web slinging, I was like, yeah, I'm flying. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm like, oh, it's cool. Yeah, can I get higher? Yeah, okay, cool. I did it. Yeah. But uh, I'm kind of learning how much of, um, like, if you sling yourself upward, like, could I reach the top of that building without you know, grabbing hold of it and climbing the rest of the way or mm. web slinging up? So that's kind of neat for your lunge. And then you just basically get it to the top and then you step up. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, I found that uh, probably the second half of the game, mm. I, I was more aggressive with the acrobatics. Yes. The aerial acrobatics. Yes, indeed. Because I, too, started to go, okay, I wasn't as flabbergastedly blown away yeah. by the web slinging. So then I thought, well, how can I spice things up a bit? But no, I definitely want to get the DLC. That's that's a game you want to get the DLC for. Absolutely. And no, you know what? I don't what, think Russ? I have actually no, played you haven't. the final DLC. Yeah, I have the other DLCs. <laughs> Anyhow, moving on. Hmm. So did I tell you I watched the movie Tomb Raider? Like the later Tomb Raider? The one that came out with... Uh, yes. Oh, who was it? Who who played as Tomb Raider? Oh, I don't remember. I didn't pay attention. <laughs> I didn't pay attention, Russ. You know. It was the movie, though, that came out last year, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Gosh, who is that actress? You know what? Okay, I'm going to look it up while you talk about well, it. Well, it's about as terrible as I thought it was going to be. I heard it, it was disappointing. It was very disappointing, yes. Um, yeah, Godzilla, I think, was still worse, but this didn't <laughs> um, this didn't put me to sleep, but it wasn't anything to write home about. But what movie I did see... Which I said on the last show that I... Alicia Vikander. There you go. If anybody's wondering. Anyway. So I had Peter Jackson's They Shall Not Grow Old. Yes. You, you, we were talking about that on the previous episode. I, that I got it, but I hadn't watched it. Right. Well, now I watched it. Oh, and? It's fantastic. It is good. It's very good. Well. So... He, I, so he says straight up that he this is not a documentary for like, you know, educational purposes, academia, that sort of thing. He just made this as pretty much a tribute to World War One vets and that whole experience. He's a bit he's like an avid collector of artillery and uniforms and like the whole era. He's got a whole magazine collection. Yeah, he's 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 big into it. So this was kind of fun for him. Mm. And basically, so he takes all this really old footage that has all these different uh, frame rates. Basically, when people were like cranking the wheel on those old 1914 cameras. Right. Oh, yeah. And so he puts them all to like 24 frames a second. So they're all looking a lot more natural. And then he adjusts the the grayscale. Mm-hmm. So when everything's like way overexposed, some stuff you couldn't even see. It looked like white and black. Yeah. And you figure out the rest of the shades, right? Right. So he did that. And then he went to these places, like these actual like trenches and battlegrounds and whatnot. He took a picture of 
Like, how did the sky look? How did the grass look? How did the roads look? How, you know, and so he knew the exact colors he needed to put yeah. in there. So it wasn't like, oh, the grass is just green, so let's make it green. Sky's blue, <laughs> you know. And so, like, all you hear in the beginning and, and throughout the movie is veterans talk about from the time they were... They enlisted yeah. until the time they went home after the war. There's no narrator. There's no presenter. So it's World War II veterans speaking to you in these little blips, like the two or three sentences, and then it's on the next person, the next person. So it's literally like, like they took the end of Band of Brothers, or no, the be- the beginning of Band of Brothers where they, before every episode, would have actual World War II veterans talk about Correct. what was going to transpire in that particular exactly. episode. Exactly. Gotcha. So it's very well done, very respectful. And um, and so in the first half, all you see is black and white stuff and you hear people talking about how they're excited about enlisting and, and you know, going off to war and how it's going to be great and they're going to be men and this, that, and the other. And you see all this, nothing but black and white. All of a sudden it goes to color and it's amazing. I mean, it feels like you're there. Yeah. And this is not... This is, this is all actual footage. So the people that you're seeing on screen are the actual soldiers that are there. These are not reenactments. So you see people talking to you one minute, and then next minute, they might be dead. And they are actually dead. This is not like a staged thing. Uh, so it's it's crazy well done. Mm. It is crazy well done. You're crazy well done. I know. <laughs> Anyhow, I think everybody should... It, it would. Do everyone a service to see it. I mean, it's it's one of those documentaries that's not boring. You're going to sit there and fall asleep. Right. It's, it's phenomenal. It is really, really good. I'll have to check it out. I will definitely give it a once over. And you know, the rest, that's about, uh, that's about all I got. Oh, that's perfectly fine. Nice. Oh, well, we, we did some Cuphead. We did. We played more Cuphead during our Twitch gaming on Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central time. And that was, that was a lot of fun. We've actually done that two weeks in a row now. And I'm, I'm really glad that we are back in the, the cuphead mode. I love cuphead. Me too. It, it is one of the most original games and it's a great two player game that you can yeah. play with your, your buddy on the couch. And it's just fun to be able to go through all that. We're, I, th- I believe we are at the final boss stage unless there's some other secret <laughs> boss stage after what we're doing but we're essentially in the casino area where you have this dude who uh has this pink spinning dice, dice that yeah. like you have to try and hit and then you'll you'll make your way around and essentially it's like a bunch of mini boss fights yeah and i'm completely expecting there to be some sort of main boss fight but uh it's it's definitely challenging to say the least, but I like it. I found myself thinking about it after we played it this past Wednesday night. And I really do love how original their approach was oh, yeah. to like the kind of the final level. Well, the whole entire game, the I mean, the animation is fantastic. I love all the animation. I love all the music. Yes. It's got a style onto its own. Yeah, no, it definitely does. It's, it's up there. I, I, for one, hope that they make a... I'm sure they're going to make a sequel because yeah. it has been extremely successful. I think it's making its way to the Nintendo Switch, if I'm not mistaken. That makes sense. I believe it's it's going to be making its way over there. But yeah, I, for one, can't wait for them to come out with another one and hopefully it'll be just as good. What have you been up to, Russ? Well, the main thing is... is 
Uh, finding out that I, along with my team, are getting laid off tomorrow. We found out about this at the end of last week, and so we have been making the necessary preparations uh, for the, the hot date that we each have with HR uh, in, the, in the morning. Did you Google how many ways you can give the middle finger? <laughs> no. <laughs> in every language. Make sure we haven't... <laughs> you've got all the bases covered. <laughs> I will walk in very graciously and be able to hopefully speak in eloquent terms to make sure that I am not uh, forgetting anything or whatever, you know. And you should just walk in there naked and sit down and say, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually joking around with a coworker today saying how I should just come in with a uh, banana hammock and um, Thanos' gauntlet. <laughs> 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 ah, see how well that goes. But um, Just start snapping from him. Oh, it's not working. It's not working. Yeah, exactly. Look, like... This is supposed to work. Maybe I'm thinking clearly enough. supposed to vaporize you. <laughs> How come you're not turning into dust? Dang it. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> okay, give me my check. I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. Fine. Sign. <laughs> I am Toaster 360. <laughs> Way to go. Smacking that microphone. Anyway. It is definitely, um, yet again, uh, a crossroads that I find myself in. And so I don't know what the future holds. I currently have no other uh, prospects lined up. I, I've just finished updating the resume and the portfolio and stuff. And so it's, uh, it, you know, it's weird. On the one hand, it's just, it's a sucky feeling to be in. You know, you're, you, you're trying to make the most of it and everything, but you're processing everything that has been going on. And I've been at this particular company for three years. I was expecting I would be there a bit longer, but um, the cards just um, are not forecasting that to be in my future. So, so I don't know. You, so you are the actual cuphead then. The actual, what do you mean? They they made a raw deal and thought they were going to do something else that didn't, <laughs> that didn't happen. You're to snap there you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I... Um, at the same time, it, it does make me wonder about what my next opportunity is going to be uh, in terms of a career move, and we'll just see. And until that actually takes place, one of the silver linings of this whole entire situation is I'll be able to just dedicate myself even more to Joygasm and be able to get this set uh, completed quicker and also just getting a lot of the other little action items on my to-do list taken care of. So that'll be nice. It'll be nice to be able to do that and, and expedite the process. And so, well, not only that, but I think it gives you some sort of optimism too, because you're like, okay, my next venture, what's it going to be? I'm excited. Mm -hmm. You know, everything you didn't like about your last job, you're hoping that the next job is going to be even better because you, what you don't want to happen is what you just left. Yeah. You know, so it just kind of makes you a little more well-rounded per se. Well, and in, in my industry in particular, as a, a UI UX designer and motion graphics designer, it's actually the, the, the market is pretty hot right now. So I think that um, there will be um, several opportunities that I can take a look at and, and um, hopefully be able to make a choice on here that won't take too long. But it's, it's just weird because, um, you know, for me too, the older I get, I feel like the stakes keep rising in terms of like, it's one thing to be 
um, you know, in, in my twenties and I'm single and I'm living in an apartment, you know, at that point I'm absolutely mobile. I can move anywhere I need to go and make certain decisions that would be pretty risky. But at this point in time, having a, a mortgage payment and a family take care of that sort of thing, it's, it's a, it's a little bit of a different scenario, but anyway, enough of that. I was playing some Forza Horizon four and I was just, um, you know, it had been a while since, since I played it. And just the, the little bit I did play, I know you came over as I was messing around in there. Man, that's, that's still such a polished game. I just, uh, I'm completely impressed by the the graphics fidelity, the the tight controls, the just just how much of a, a complete game it is. And it's it's crazy. I think that Playground Games has been very successful in creating a world that is just, brimming with all kinds of different types of races. Like there always seems to be like more content that they put into it to the point where the game itself almost feels like it's never ending. Like you just keep playing and keep playing and keep playing. You can just keep racing different races. Except when it's wintertime. You don't want to keep, you don't want to race in the wintertime. I agree. Yeah. Wintertime is my least favorite season out of the four seasons springtime is probably my favorite. I absolutely love springtime. Summertime is a lot of fun too. And even fall, I mean, fall is, is pretty cool. Springtime though, definitely. I think from just a visual palette standpoint, I, I really do love it. And, oh, so I wasn't even looking for this. And this is kind of like a, a, a carry on from, if you recall last week, I was talking about how I found a documentary on YouTube that was called, um, God of War Raising Kratos. Mm-hmm. And so there is another one that I came across. I don't remember what it's actually called, but um, Christopher Nolan, of course, you know, he's the, the fabulous director of so many different films like Batman um, Begins, Batman the, um, the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rising, Memento, Inception, The Prestige. He's, he's just done so many great films. What was the one that he did with Tom Hardy? Takes place in World War II. Uh, Hans Zimmer is the composer yet again. Uh, that's, um, that's, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> uh, that's the, uh, it's in the air. Uh-huh. And, uh, they go sail it. No, they go, they go pick up the soldiers. Yes. And in France. Yes. And it's... No, uh, it's not in France. It's in... Uh, or wait, is it in France? Uh, yeah, because they're trying to get home to England. Right. It... <laughs> uh, this would be a whole lot easier if I just IMDb uh, it here. I thought you'd know the answer. Let's see here. Mm-hmm. We're going to war, Charles. Oh, gosh. What is it? Dunkirk! <laughs> ah, well done. Well done, Kirk. Yeah, so just all kinds of, of uh, amazing movies. Interstellar is another one. Um, but there was this YouTube video that I, um, I'll send your way if you're interested in checking it out. But essentially, he breaks down how he directs every single film that he's done. Mm. And there is a, a kind of an overarching formula and it was just, man, like I have always been a huge fan of just any kind of behind the scenes featurette that has Christopher Nolan because he's such an intelligent man. Like if you if you actually listen to something that he has to say, 
I mean, he, he is such, so eloquent. He, yeah. he, he's very articulate with like his thoughts and like just how he describes something or has an idea that he's trying to convey or something. I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I would just, if I had the opportunity, it'd be fantastic to be able to just sit down with him over coffee and just listen to him talk about something. I mean, he, he's a very fascinating individual and I just, I really loved this video and it wasn't that long. I would say it was probably between 20 to 30 minutes, somewhere around there. But there are certain things that he does and, and they demonstrate it kind of like in these little mini montages of, of these different films that he's done. You're like, oh yeah, that is a repeating pattern that he does. And it, anyway, I thought it was just, man, it was so inspiring to be able to see something like that. Yeah. And, once again, uh, makes me realize how dumb I am. You know, speaking of YouTube, I posted a, a trailer of a movie that I had put on my list for the most anticipated movies of 2019. Yeah. Ford versus Ferrari. Yes. I, oh my gosh, that looked good. I watched that trailer five times at work. So <laughs> do you... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Steve, what are you doing? Working. <laughs> <laughs> so with Matt Damon and um, um, not Christopher Nolan, it's uh, Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah. So are they on the same team? Yes. Okay. I I have not actually watched the trailer myself. I've only seen the poster. Right. So I have no idea if like one of them was like the race car driver for Ferrari and the other one was one was for America or for Ford. Um, so Matt Damon's character is Carol Shelby, who is the designer who has basically got a contract from Ford to say, make our stuff faster. Okay. And so we can beat Ferrari. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, so he's Carol Shelby, which, you know, Carol Shelby, very popular guy in the American car scene. Yeah, I was going to say uh, (laughs) Shelby's name is, um, yeah probably a staple in the automobile industry. So Bale's character is the driver. Of the car that sh- that Shelby created to beat Ferrari at Le Mans. Gotcha. And when does that come out? November. November. Mm. Well, we're gonna have to check that out because I think. Well, who's directing it? Oh, who's directing it? I don't remember. Um, well, I'll tell you what, Rush. You queue it up. We'll watch it. I uh, I think you might be onto something. Look out there. Out there is the perfect lamp. You see it? I think so. Most people can't. Carol Shelby, maybe? The Iacocca, Ford Motor. Suppose Henry Ford II wanted to build the greatest race car the world's ever seen to win the 24 hours of Le Mans. What's it take? Well, it takes something money can't buy. Money can buy speed. What well, about speed? You need a pure racer behind the wheel of your car. That's Ken Miles. I don't trust him an inch. We heard he's difficult. No, no, Ken's a puppy dog. No, whatever it is, Shell, no. Trust me. You're gonna build a car to beat Ferrari with a forward. Correct. And how 
how long did you tell them that you needed? Two, three hundred years? 90 days. <laughs> This isn't the first time Ford Motors has gone to war. We know how to do more than push paper. Go ahead, Carol. Go to war. Thank you, sir. Do you think you can beat Ferrari? We're lighter, we're faster. When that don't work, we're nastier. Make history. You ready? I was born ready, Mr. Shelby. Hit it. <laughs> Count me in three thousand, Russ. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to say, I'm looking forward to it. It looks really good. That looks amazing. If you recall, back before Forza Horizon 4 was out, the the Ford GT, which was the original yeah, GT, yeah. the GT40, which is that the car you see in that movie, was the car that I wanted to buy, which I did buy, and I told you about that whole entire race back quite a few episodes ago. <laughs> wow. Well, you don't say. It, def- it definitely looks really, really good. I actually found myself enjoying a lot of the composition, a lot of the cinematography, and it was looks really cool. And I'm always a fan of the 60s. Yeah. Which I assume is when that race took place, was the 60s. I believe it was, yes. Okay. 60, yeah. Two, 64? Your yeah. brain is just not cooperating tonight, uh, is it? Russ. My brain doesn't like me. I forgot what I told you. Start the rumor mill. It's time for the topic of the day. topic of the day is our 2019 E3 predictions. And it's interesting to think back to 2018 because there were some key aspects to it that I think will almost kind of set the tone for this year's E3. And if you think back to 2018, Undoubtedly, Microsoft had the best showing. I mean, they came out guns blazing. It was amazing to see Phil Spencer up there and just you could tell that they had realized they had made a critical error in 2017. In 2018, they just came out and really wowed us. If you recall, I think we gave their show like an A- minus or an A rating. And it definitely made us excited to see what was going to be coming over the the course of the the following year. And 
the other studios, I mean, Sony gave um, a pretty cool conference too, because it was at that point that we were able to see God of War. We were able to see Spider-Man. They were showing Last of Us Part Two. They were showing Days Gone, which at the time looked amazing. It's unfortunate that since its release, it has been discovered that the game actually is real, just really not <laughs> anything to write home about, unfortunately. Which is a bummer because I was looking forward to playing it. However, they did, they did have a nice lineup of titles that they were showcasing, and there there wasn't a lot of talking. It was just, oh, here's the next title. Here's the next title. Here's the next title. Yeah, and then um, E3 had a pretty dismal showing, if you recall. They had the awkward thing where they had the um, the director or the or the lead of Star Wars Battlefront Two come out and sheepishly apologize for. Oh, you mean EA? Yeah, did I say EA? I said E3. E3 came over here. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> EA Games, their, their press conference. I do pay attention to what you say, Russ. I just look like I don't. Oh, good. So he came out, and even though I appreciated how forthcoming he was, it was still a little awkward just because it was almost like you could tell that the big wigs at EA just kind of <laughs> shoved the poor guy out into the stage and, and take like the... <laughs> You're going to fall on your sword. Wait, me? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to. <laughs> and of course, they had some of the awkward stuff going on where they had some of the YouTube stars who were having little sound bites that they wanted to say in front of the camera and it just didn't come off right. And then they had that horrible, if you recall that like eight minute long demo of command and conquer for uh, the mobile platform. It was that was alpha. It wasn't even beta. It, yeah. It was just Terrible. painful. So of course, you know, just looking at it, they really didn't have um, a whiz bang performance. Ubisoft, you know, it was pretty standard fare of what you'd expect. I think the biggest reveal for me was the Beyond Good and Evil Part 2, but everything else was just kind of, oh, here's standard Ubisoft kind of stuff. Bethesda, I thought was, it was, I, th I thought they had a decent performance in 2018, but since that time, things <laughs> have, have uh, <laughs> not exactly gone according uh, to plan. So, not at all. Maybe, anyway, maybe they have. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Moving into the 2019, though, I thought um, for this year's E3 predictions, we could just go down company by company and just offer our thoughts. How does that sound? Well, that's not the way I wrote my notes, but sure, let's just go with it. Russ. Okay, sounds good, Steve. Let's start off with EA Games. Now, the biggest news is that they um, have announced that they will not have a press conference this year. I found that particularly surprising because <laughs> EA has such a huge ego. I was fully expecting them to have like some big larger than life press conference, that sort of thing. They will, however, have live streams throughout E3 of their games. Honestly, I don't really know how that's going to play out. Kind of takes away the excitement. It does. I mean, at least upon just reading what their plan is, like I just, I think that the traditional method of just having these, these large publishers take turns with their press conferences, you're able to just build that hype in a very condensed time frame when you think about it. If you have things that are just kind of doled out slowly and that sort of thing, I think you are, in, you run the risk of, um, not making as big of a splash as, as you perhaps thought you would. So I personally think that their absence is a, is a mistake um, in a long line of mistakes <laughs> that have transpired over the years. 
Uh, but I guess it's probably better they not show up and make further mistakes or overpromise and then end up under under delivering again. It's you know with without going too far down that rabbit hole. Anthem. The the biggest. Okay, so. I mean, with Star Wars Battlefront uh, to having play to win or excuse me, pay to win issues, Anthem not delivering on its promises and Mass Effect Andromeda being a train wreck. um, I think that this company is really they're going down the path where they're going to be in a world of hurt. Oh, not to mention Need for Speed totally sucks. Oh, that, yeah, I forgot about Need for Speed. Yeah, that was another one. I mean, they, they, the crazy thing about EA is that they have a ton of money, a ton of clout. They have been able to secure these, like, to die for licenses, but they keep shooting themselves in the foot over and over and over again. And it's just bizarre to me, like, how tone deaf this company can be. It just doesn't make any kind of sense to me whatsoever. And so really, I mean, like my advice to EA would be just, hey, just just barely talk at your press conference. First of all, do a press conference. Don't go away from it. Barely talk at it and just play the games. Show the, the game demos. Show the trailers. That's all you need to do. If you have a staple of just must-have, must-play, must-own titles, they're going to speak for themselves. Right. But for some reason they feel compelled to like constantly like do all these other things, like have their CEO talk forever in a day up on stage and like have like the, 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 the YouTube, um, YouTube stars talking and being all out of touch and, and just like even some of the, the streaming things, I I don't know, like so much of it is just, you're like, who's, who's making these decisions? Yeah. A bunch of people come out on stage and play music and then dance. And then what, yeah. What is going on? Yeah. I definitely, as a prediction, I do believe that we will see the star Wars game. If you recall last year, um, Andrew Renee sat down with the, the main game director for Respawn Entertainment and they were kind of just briefly describing what they were working on. Shattering. And so, yeah. And so I think that we probably will actually see gameplay footage for that. I have no idea how it's going to be. I have a feeling it will probably be legit just because this is the developer who made um, Apex Legends recently as well as... Um, Titanfall one and two. So I mean, they, and before that they were working, um, I believe on call of duty before they left that and came over to EA. So a lot of, of raw talent there. Other than that though, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if we're going to see like a battlefront three or more DLC content for battlefront two. I think battlefront two has probably run its course and I'm not exactly sure if they're going to be showing like another need for speed title I have a feeling uh, they will probably show something from The Sims, honestly, because I don't think we saw anything <laughs> last year with that title. Do you have any predictions for EA? Oh, they'll probably come out with another Need for Speed. Whenever there's a Fast and Furious movie coming out, there's going to be a Need for Speed. <laughs> Never thought of it that way. Yeah. Well, pivoting over into Microsoft. So as we discussed earlier, last year, Microsoft had a really good showing. It's probably one of the best showings they've had in years. They just, they really had their finger on the pulse of the gaming community this time. It just, it just felt like they had some kind of 
think tank discussion saying, okay, what do we need to fix and how do we fix it? And they just fixed it. <laughs> so um, they are one of the few large publishers that actually are going to continue doing a press conference, which honestly, having Nintendo do their, their thing, which we'll They're get to in a bit. Pre-recording, yeah. yeah. And then having Sony bow out of a press conference and even EA Games also not doing a press conference, but doing like their little live streaming thing. I think that's a huge leg up for Microsoft. Well, it's a huge opportunity because all the news basically is going to be around Microsoft if they can come out swinging. Do you think that we will see a teaser of their next-gen console? <laughs> I think either we're going to see it or they're going to tell us way more about it because they they teased the name last time and they were like, oh, you hear that? You hear that? Yeah. So now, I mean, so it's a little bit controversial because the One X has been out for two years. Costs 500 bucks. And yes, now the price has come down, but they have three Xbox One systems. And so, you know, two years later, if they were to say, hey, next year or at the end of this year, we're coming out with another system that's going to be 500 bucks or 600 bucks, that might come across a little bit wrong because people just spent half a grand on another system that they kind of didn't need. They just wanted to make their existing games look better. Do you better. think they're going to have another version of the Xbox come out this year? No. I don't. Well, Besides the One S, yeah. that's the digital one, which that's going to be a waste of time if yeah. they present that. I mean, please don't. That's, yeah. no. You already announced it. Just move on. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> think anybody's excited for that, to be honest. Um, but either they're going to talk more about it and how great it's going to be, and or they're just going to showcase and say, this is it, but we're still working on it. Can't show you games yet, but this is what it looks like, so everyone's talking about it. Um so yeah, it's either going to be one of the two. I don't think they're going to bring it out and say, "Hey, this is going to be available," you know, and, and on such a, such and such a date. I think they're going to continue on with my, with the Xbox One X. But talk about it. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think it's unrealistic to think they uh, they'll they'll come out with some details. I imagine they'll have some kind of video that they'll play. It'll be, but it won't show any games. It'll just show the system from every angle imaginable. Well. Yes and no. Like I think that it will. It'll. It, it's basically going to be like a teaser trailer from a movie. Right. You know, I think that they're they're just going to just provide us with like a a glimpse to get our 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 appetites all wetted. What our palate exactly. But I don't think we're going to see any kind of games. I think even the the name of the console. Um, the official name was not announced. It was at last year they talked about the code name, which I believe is Xbox Scarlet. Right. I think is what they they're, they're calling it. But it makes me curious to know what exactly they're going to talk about because if you recall, Sony had already spilled the beans in a very uh, kind of online <laughs> fashion. Yeah, just kind of a <laughs> a boring way of just kind of like, yeah, this is a PS Five, and here's some of the hardware specs. Have fun, read it. You're just kind of like, what? Why would you do that? Awesome. You know, maybe they're saving some money. Redirecting resources. Well, that's probably what it is. You know, you know. Now, the other thing is, is that apparently Microsoft has talked about how they are going to be showing off 14 first-party titles uh -huh. at mm -hmm. this particular press conference. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they're going to be Forza 8. Because I think now they're leapfrogging it, seems yeah. like. Yeah. So this, this last year we had... Uh, Forza Horizon 4. Well, that came out. Well, yeah. 
so I would imagine there's going to be the Forza, like the Motorsport, Forza Motorsport 8 that's going to come out. Maybe they might bring out another car on stage. You never know. Uh, if they do, they are not allowed to talk about it more than 30 seconds. Once it was, last time I was the Porsche. The Porsche. Mm-hmm. The Porsche. Time before that, it was the McLaren. Yes. If they do bring out a car, which car do you predict they will put on the stage? Um, let's see. Yeah, no, it's, hmm, I don't know. Do you it's, think they'll put a little bit of the Lamborghini? No, probably not the Lamborghini. How about the Ferrari? Yeah, most likely the Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> They don't have a whole lot of other like exotic car options unless it's something that's. Uh, I just had a thought, Steve. I guess I'll stop. Go I ahead. I just had myself an epiphany. A thought. Oh. Well, that too. Not, Maybe not that crazy. Lightning struck my brain. Lightning struck my lobe. <laughs> struck my cranium. Since that one particular movie is coming out, the Ford versus Ferrari, mm-hmm. it'd be really cool if they actually brought on the stage. The Ford, what the old one or the new one? The classic, the classic. Yeah, I would. I would. Uh, yes, yes, that would be. That would be really awesome cool. to play yeah. right into that film right there. Very yeah. nice. And plus, that's actually one of my favorite car designs ever. I've always loved that look. I think it's just the coolest, timeless design. Yeah, fabulous. Um, yeah, no, the, the fabulous. The, I say. the new one. That the old one did have some of its hiccups. Like if you open the door, you had to be short like me. You couldn't be very tall because the part of the roof opened up with the door. Uh-huh. So you really had to get in there and like tuck your head down and make sure it didn't get cut off at the top. The new one, of course, you could just—it's a regular door. You, yeah, you'll go jump right in there. But even the new one is real flashy. Yeah, the new, yeah, the new one is flashy. But I'm telling you, guys, there's there's nothing like <laughs> where it all Agreed. began. So what kind of first-party titles do you predict will make some kind of appearance at the Microsoft press conference? I would say Halo Infinite. Okay. You think we're going to see some gameplay footage of Halo Infinite? I think it'd be about time. Do you think that Halo Infinite is going to be available for both the Xbox One X and the next Xbox system? Do you think they're going to time in like the release of that title so that... Mm. I mean, to me, it would make sense if the Halo title were to come out as a launch title for the next generation of systems. Like, if Microsoft is, in fact, back on track with having their pulse on the gaming community, it's like a no-brainer. It's like, that's like your flagship title. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm smelling what you're stepping in. But that's just a big maybe because if they don't announce it and then they just announce the the game by itself, uh-huh. or if they don't announce the system and then you announce the game, then that could be you know, obviously a big negatory. So if they announce the new system, then they say, oh, and the launch dates are going to correspond together, you know, then yeah, that that definitely be pretty cool. I think that I, for one... I just, I think it's a return back to basics. Like the first Xbox system that came out, one of the launch titles was Halo Combat Evolved. I think also that with the little teaser that they showed last year of Halo Infinite, you could tell that they were making a return back to the roots of the game. I think that they should not stop there. I think that they should completely embrace a coming full circle and having it be a launch title for the next system. I think I think Xbox fans would go nuts. You know what they might say, too, is uh, I heard somewhere that they are going to be redoing Halo Reach on the Master Chief Collection for DLC. Really? So they might be advertising something about that. I don't know if it's going to be 
like just 60 frames a second, but look as it did before, or they're going to redo it and have it be awesome. Mm. That would make sense for us. So what other titles do you predict will be making its debut well, out of the 14? You know, when they, they, they talked about, well... Cyberpunk 2077, I think, is going to be. That's not a first-party title. So I know party. that's not a first-party title, but they showed it at the Microsoft conference on they the did. Microsoft stage. They sure did. And by the way, that was a wonderful one last thing yes. scenario. Yes, it was. And it's, it's supposed to be out in December. They're going to have to say exactly what date it's going to be out. I don't think it, you know, it's going to be very, very long. Most likely, but I think some extra gameplay, some final gameplay, maybe. Mm. Um, I think. Oh, that- you'll know that you know they'll show more gameplay, right? Yeah. Back to the first party titles. Obviously, this is kind of a hard thing because I don't know how many of these fourteen titles are going to be new games versus games that are sequels. Obviously, Gears Five will probably have more gameplay footage. We saw some brief footage last year, but it was mostly a cinematic that we watched, right? Yeah, Gears 5. I'm looking forward to that personally because I've always been a fan of the Gears of War. You know what they might do? Mm. You know they sold the rights to, uh, or from Fable to Playground Games. I did not know that. I know that Playground Games, uh, (laughs) as I look at the job boards for a new job, (laughs) uh, I noticed that Playground Games have, has done uh, an aggressive amount of posts for a certain quote-unquote unannounced RPG that they are working on. Yeah. So I imagine it's probably exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, because Lionhead Studios, even though it's an awesome name for a studio, uh, they're gone. Kitty Cat Studios. Yeah. <laughs> but Kitty Head. Uh, they, they, there's been talks of the next Fable game that's coming out. So I'm actually looking forward to it because I don't really you know, care where Lionhead Studios was taking the game. So hopefully this uh, with new new blood, new developers, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they start talking about it. Maybe not show the game, obviously, but talk about it. I am also very excited about that. I think it's going to be a unique challenge for Playground Games because all they've done is racing games. Yeah. And they've done that extremely well. Obviously, an RPG is a very different genre from racing. And I, for one, am curious to see how they handle it. I I think it could go either way, but I'm with you. I think that I was starting to get tired of the direction that Lionhead was taking the the title. I am a a big Fable fan. I I really enjoyed the first Fable game. I loved Fable 2. Fable 2 was my favorite Fable game out of the series. Fable 3 I was not a fan of. I felt like it lost some of the whimsical charm that Fable 2 had. And so, yeah, I, I, I do believe, I think we'll, at the very least, we'll have some kind of like little teaser video that will show what is to come. You know, I hope they don't do it. Well, I take that back. I, they could do it if they want to. But I th- was it last year where they had just had a bunch of independent designers come through with their games? And even though that was neat, they're all very passionate about their games. It just kind of seemed like it was time filler. Um, I do remember the independent gaming portion. I th- I feel like that was, it, it wasn't even necessarily, sorry, that was the seven up coming back <laughs> to say howdy. Um, I think that was in 2017. Cause I do recall, uh, Microsoft at one point had this very, very long portion that was just showing all these like indie developer games. I remember that was a beef that you and I both had 
with their presentation back then was like, you know, most of these titles I don't care about. I don't care about all these indie developer games. There are probably like two out of the 30 or 50 <laughs> titles that they showed. I'm like, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I want AAA titles. That's what we both said. It was like, we both want those AAA titles. And of course, 2018 came and they um, made amends. <laughs> So I'm curious, this is, this is going to be one of my more far out predictions here, but I think that as a part of the 14 game lineup, um, I think that Microsoft will debut some kind of sports lineup. And I know that that's hard to do because EA has buttoned up all of the actual licenses and stuff for these different sports. I mean, they, they've really just honestly, they, they have basically a monopoly on the sport genre when it comes to games. However, there have been other companies that have been successful in creating their own versions of, of the sports genre and have been successful with like, like there's a baseball game, I think called the show. Everyone I've talked to says it's a really good game, despite the fact that it's not, you know, it's not endorsed officially by the uh, major league baseball association. So, I mean, again, this may never, ever happen, but that's one of my more fun predictions for Microsoft is that they will somehow debut a kind of sports lineup of sorts that's first party. They need to bring out another John Madden. Another John Madden? What John Madden about? football. They have. Like a, a new one, like a brand new one. Like and have him being the announcer. Well, I think he's too old for that now. I don't care. The poor man is... Quite elderly these days. Dude. I don't care. I w I want to hear his voice. I want to hear him. Oh, Brett Favre. Boom! This guy's gonna go over here. That's what I want to hear in, in a football game, Ross. That'd be uh, way I know it's entertaining. entertaining. It's just, I just don't think it's gonna happen. It's just, yeah. I mean, they they really. I believe they release a John Madden game every year. I don't know. I don't really pay attention every year. Nah, I don't want to play those sports games, Russ. But what <laughs> what what I'm saying is. Not all the John, they use his name, yes, but they don't have him in the game. How do you know? You haven't played a game like that in nah, years. I can YouTube it. Rush. I, I'm <laughs> telling you, he's not in there. <laughs> anyway, a, another prediction that I do have is, if you recall, there was that one particular studio that they were putting together, they were talking about, um, I don't recall, I think, I think it was called The Initiative. And it was... The Avengers Initiative? No, just the initiative based in Southern California. And they have been attracting a lot of just the top talent within the gaming industry. Apparently, Microsoft's throwing some big bucks at the studio. I'm wondering if we are going to see some kind of teaser from that particular studio. Obviously, they're going to be needing more time to work on whatever game it is that they're working on. But I'm I'm wondering, I, I predict at the very least, we're going to have the the CEO of that developer come out or the game director and just speak to what it is that they're going to be working on. The bonus though would be if they do in fact have some kind of little announcement teaser video. So that's another prediction that I have for, for Microsoft in particular. Also, if you recall, they had like two or three other studios that they had acquired. Remember like toward the end of his speech, he announced like others like Obsidian Entertainment and a couple others. I can't remember off the top of my head. But, of course, Obsidian is known, I think, for their RPGs. And that makes me wonder if they're going to be having some other kind of RPG game that's going to be coming out. Because if you think about it, Microsoft, surprisingly, from a first-party perspective, 
doesn't really have like a um, an ongoing RPG series. They kind of had it with Fable, but it, it kind of petered out after Fable 3. Like they just have not had something that has gone on. Well, yeah, I think they have Skyrim. But no, Skyrim is third party. Uh. So it is weird to think about just because historically speaking, people have always kind of likened Xbox as kind of the console that's closest to a PC. Yet there isn't any kind of, I don't know, just, just a, a constant RPG to be able to fill that the RPG niche. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. But I do think that we'll probably get something from them. Could be wrong. <laughs> but that's why these are called predictions. That's right. So what other kind of predictions do you have there from Microsoft? Uh, that's, that's all I'm really hoping for in Microsoft, Russ. All right. Well, let's, let's go to Sony. Oh. Now, of course, Sony will not have a press conference this year. They will probably have a presence on the E3 floor, you know, just kind of the expo floor where they'll be showing off their games. People walk around with Sony shirts. From Sony. How are you doing? <laughs> I am wondering if they're going to follow in Nintendo's footsteps, though. They probably will. We're like, they'll have some kind of pre-recorded video yeah. that they'll play. Yeah. Hey guys, sorry we couldn't be there. Uh, enjoy the games and uh, see you next year. <laughs> Woo! All right. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? What's going on? Now that has not actually been formally announced. It's not like like they yeah we doing that at all. We know that, bro. but it's just surprising. Okay, so here's the deal. I'm really surprised by some of the actions that Sony as a company have taken or has taken, excuse me. Uh, you know, like we talked earlier about how when the PS5 details were just kind of nonchalantly just thrown out there for the, the press to be able to report on, I'm just, I'm surprised at, at like how they are, they're taking a flying under the radar approach recently and of course, with their announcement of how they're not going to have a press conference at E3 again, I'm just like, well, what, what are you, what are you guys hoping to do what with are you guys this? Doing now, of course, they have both The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, they've already showed us gameplay. Well, they, yeah, some of the gameplay and uh, Death Stranding. Those those two, and actually, I think Death Stranding is going to come out for the PS5, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure if it's going to come out for the PS4. It may, but they're definitely talking about how it will be. It will be released when the PS5. Um, wait, actually, maybe not. I don't remember if Death Strand. I, actually, you know what? I think Death Stranding is coming out this year. Hmm. Probably Christmas. So it's, yeah, it definitely will be PS4. Okay. You know, okay, Russ. Un unless all of a sudden they come out and say their system's coming out this Christmas. Right. That would be quite the prediction. But uh, I don't think, yeah, I don't yeah, think it's going to happen. That's, uh, yeah. No, it's not going to happen. Sony, though, um, I'm sure Squaresoft is going to be there. Well, okay. Square so, Enix. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves, Oh, Steve. give me a break. They're going to have their own show. Square is going to have their own show. That is correct, Steve. Mm-hmm. Always trying to jump ahead. See how it is here. <laughs> now, I predict that Sony will not show anything from their PS5. I, and, and I'm talking about on the E3 floor. I don't think that they're going to be... Well, obviously, if they're not there, 
They're not going to show a brand new system, Russ. Well, they're not going to have a press conference, yeah. but I'm pretty sure they're going to have a presence on the E3 floor. Remember, E3 has this huge expo floor. Yeah, it's almost right. like Comic-Con, Steve. Yeah. You yeah. know, you have your certain halls where you have your conferences, but then the main floor is where all the companies come together and show off their yeah. wares. So I think that they are going to be showing off like uh, The Last of Us Part Two and Death Stranding, that sort of thing, but they're not going to be showing off anything that's remotely close to PS5. I honestly think that based off of Sony's behavior in the past, ever since they first came out with the first PlayStation uh, system, as I say, the first PlayStation title, first PlayStation system, if you recall, they've always had a, it's what I call a shadow mentality. And what I mean by that is they have always let their competition make the first move and then they will follow suit in a way that makes them more competitive. So, for instance, Microsoft announces the price of their Xbox One at $500. They then come out and say that their PS4 will be $400. X, you know, Microsoft talks about like how they had some sort of funky plan as to like how games will be distributed. And then Sony comes out immediately afterwards and say how like you can still just let your buddy borrow the actual physical game, that sort of thing. And they, they've done that in the past, even with Sega um, and even Nintendo to a certain extent, but they've always had it and it's worked well for them. It's a strategy that does work where they, they take more of a, a conservative approach to not showing their hand. They let all the other companies show off what it is that they're planning on doing. And then most likely they actually make some last minute tweaks to their strategy and present it forward to, to get more people to be interested in their products. Yeah. Okay. Did I lose you, Steve? No, I was just, I just started thinking about uh, the modern Apple, what they do as opposed to what they had been doing. They're not the innovators anymore. They're like, uh, oh, yeah, five years later, well, we got this on our phones now. Isn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway. Indeed. Do you have any um, predictions for Sony? No. None whatsoever. You don't think they're going to come out? Oh, do you predict? Let me ask you this, Steve. Do you predict that they're going to have a new handheld console? Mm. I don't think so. I don't think so, Russ. No? Nah. Let me ask you this, Steve. Yes? Do you predict that no. they will have no. new virtual reality games for their uh, little peripheral setup, um, I'm sure they're gonna have something. You know, virtual VR is like a, a trendy thing. It comes and it goes. Like you know, I love when we refer to it as herpes. It uh, flares up every now and then. People say, "Oh, <laughs> I've got an itch that I can't seem to stop scratching," and then it goes away, and people forget about it, only for it to rear its ugly head up a bit later. Yeah, that's not the connection I would make. <laughs> um, anyhow, um, sometimes I'm glad my brain doesn't work the way yours does. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't really know what Sony... I mean, they're going to have to come out with some sort of titles, but since I don't play a whole lot of Sony, Russ, uh, you know, oh, aren't they... Uh, oh, yeah, he had his O-face. Nah, nah, nah. He just had his O-face. Uh, well, maybe. 
I what, Sony Steve? has what to is come, it? Sony has to they're probably going to come out with some sort of their Avengers game. I'm sure we're going to see multiple from Sony? Uh, from Sony. Yes. We're going to probably <sighs> see multiple Avengers games. I'm I wouldn't just say it's going to be one. I would say it's probably going to be multiple. That, that's maybe your, maybe that, like maybe like two. That's your prediction. Well, probably not both on Sony, but I would I would I would yes. Are you just saying that because you're currently playing through Spider Man? I would think no. <laughs> so we just had the the big movies that came out. It would make sense for them to have a big game, and since they had the, a bunch of success with Spider Man, it would make sense for them to make another Marvel series. And the Avengers is, makes perfect sense, Steve. Okay. Well, let me clear the air here for you. Square Enix, mm-hmm. which is a part of Crystal Dynamics, mm-hmm. they're the ones who are working on Marvel's Avengers. What about Ultimate Alliance? No. no. Okay, so then they might come out with an Ultimate Alliance. But that's Ultimate Alliance is not a first-party Sony title. Russ, they've been crossing first and third parties on stage the last shows. I, that's the thing. Fine. They'll probably have... Well, actually, I'm not even going to say they'll probably have. You are predicting that there will be some other form of Avengers-oriented game. Fine. I do predict, though, that they are not going to have a whole lot to show this this particular show. I think that they are intentionally holding back until 2020 when they will most likely debut the PS five and they want to have all guns blazing at that point. I think it's a move of strategy. Now then going to square Enix, because you keep uh, wanting to bounce over this. We're going to, we're going to keep it to the old switch. Keep it fresh. We're going to, we're, we're going to skip over Ubisoft and come back to them. Yeah. Who cares about Ubisoft? Square. Did you say, did you say Ubisoft? I said, who cares about Ubisoft? Ah, square Enix. I personally think they are going to be the wild card this year. Why is that? Ross? Well, Yeah. What's interesting about their company setup. So this company is comprised of obviously Square Enix and Eidos and Crystal Dynamics, all of which are talented developers. And they have been just putting their their resources together, their creative talents together. Um, I think that they are going to be showcasing two very hotly anticipated titles this year. Number one, Marvel's Avengers. Number two, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. So, and of course, you know, the Marvel's Avengers game is a title that I'm very, very interested in. Final Fantasy VII is a title that you're very interested in. If you recall, they were, they're the ones who also came up with Kingdom Hearts 3 this yeah, past we year. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Huh? We don't want to talk about it, but I'm just saying, you know, it, it scored well and people have played it. They enjoy it, that sort of thing. I mean, they, they have... This ongoing pedigree of titles, you know, of course, last year, Rise of the Tomb Raider came out. Oh, I'm sorry, not Rise of the, um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. R- Rise of the Shadow of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Croft is in it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and she's got ice picks. Yeah. They <laughs> she likes to jump off of cliffs. So... 
having said that, they are really well positioned to be able to have their own version of leapfrogging with these different titles. Like you can have a, a Tomb Raider title come out one year once the, the Avengers title is released. Like actually, I just remembered that Crystal Dynamics has a multi-year agreement with Marvel to produce more than just one game. So we are, this is just the first in the many that are slated to come, which is, that is really, really cool. Uh Uh-huh. Did you you know, speaking of Final Fantasy, we just reverse here for a second. Did you know that you can get Final Fantasy VII on mobile? You can get the entire Final Fantasy Are you talking about the 1995 version? Yeah. I believe it, Steve. I think it's about 10 bucks. I believe it. Craziness. I'll tell you why, Steve. Because that title came out, what, 28 years ago? Mm-hmm. Or is it 23 years I ago? I don't know. 20-something years ago. <laughs> Long time. <laughs> Russell, I can't remember the dates. I can hardly remember your name. I think it's 20... 20- <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it was 23 years ago, 1995 to 2015. Yeah. Yeah, man. 23. No. 24 years. Yeah. Yeah. 15, yeah. 16, 18, yeah. 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 Step it up. I believe their press conference is now going to take place where Sony's used to be. It's either Sony's or EA's, but I'm pretty sure it was Sony's. Well, let's hope they don't have the same audio equipment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As Sony's, not you're not uh, Square Enix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> anyway. I think that this is a wonderful opportunity for them to be able to collectively step up and be able to gain a lot more exposure, be able to get the hype machine moving for these titles. And honestly, I think these titles are going to be great. Obviously, Final Fantasy VII is already a proven formula. It's one of the most beloved titles ever to come out in gaming history. I think it's going to be really, really just hugely successful. Um, and I also think too, I think the Marvel's Avengers game is going to be really good as well. I think that especially when I look at how other, the last several Tomb Raider titles have just been these graphical tour de forces, they have a lot of real accessible raw emotionality to them. They're not shallow or one dimensional and they've thrown in a lot of interesting gameplay mechanics and stuff. I think once again, this particular developer is in a unique position to be able to challenge itself. And I'm, I for one hope that they're successful. I hope that, that this game comes out and it's just this fantastic experience. It's no different than when insomniac all of a sudden announced that they're working on a Spider-Man title and the game was great. It was wonderful. Why are you looking at me like that? No, I totally agree. I, I, I can look at you whenever I... Russ, you can't tell what's going on in my brain. Half the time, I can't even tell. Well, that's why I asked the question. I don't know what's going on in your brain. I just can only look at your expressions. <laughs> 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 you almost sounded like the Predator just then. <laughs> yeah, I did. Who made the sounds of the Predators to you? Me and my sleep. <sighs> no, Steve. In I- the movies... I don't know. Yeah, madam. Uh, was it the Transformers guy? Better known as P. 
Peter Cullen. <laughs> yes. I'm going to make a prediction. Well, no. I, okay. <laughs> In addition to Marvel's Avengers and Final Fantasy VII, I think that because they have this press conference slot, that's just prime time, I would like for them to also introduce as like a kind of a one more thing kind of thing, another original IP. I think that if they were able to pull it out, even if it's just some kind of like title poster, something that furthers their catalog of games as a collective company, I think it would be really cool. As one of my completely far out predictions, I think they're going to show off a sequel to Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> that's funny. It's probably wishful thinking. It is. Wishful but that's thinking. what makes these E3 predictions fun, Steve. What's next on the list, Russ? Let's go back to Ubisoft. Ugh. Now, Ubisoft always has a, a very, we'll just call it unique. An onslaught of mediocre games. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not it. <laughs> They've got some good games. I am fully expecting, I predict that, that we are going to be seeing actual gameplay footage of Beyond Good and Evil 2, which I'm very mm. excited about, because last time we saw, it was just like pre-rendered cinematics, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but the, the time before that, we saw some gameplay footage. It was a tech demo, but it didn't yeah. actually show off gameplay itself. Like, they, they moved, like, a ship around in, like, a little level, and they're like, okay, this is what we're playing on. You know, like, it wasn't, like, an actual, like, oh, here's an Xbox controller. I'm going to play through the game. The only reason I don't think they'll do that is because three years in a row with the same game, I think they would get, um, I don't know, I think I think some of the luster would be gone. I, I, I think if the game's released this year, then yes. I think if the game is going to be released next year, then no. I, like I said, I think that we're going to see some gameplay footage because really when you think about the different lineup of Ubisoft titles, like we might see some additional footage of Skull and Bones, but I've heard rumors that actually Skull and Bones won't be at this year's E3. Yeah, that's another one. They've shown it like three, two times. So a third time would be, eh. Well, and it makes me wonder, okay, what other titles are they going to show off? I am sure they'll show off the next Assassin's Creed I'm, do they have one that comes out each year? Pretty much. Okay. So Steve's prediction is that there will be another Assassin's Creed yeah. title that will be coming out. I have a prediction. Oh, the rumor is, oh Russ. Oh, what, what is yeah, it? Shut the pie hole over there. <laughs> shut the front door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rumor is it's supposed to have something to do with Vikings. Yeah. Well, it better how, not be a For that. Honor sequel. That's all I got to say. Okay. I don't want any more For Honor stuff. I was so let down when that title came out. I was all jazzed to play it, and I, I got the game, and I started playing I'm like, what the heck? And it turned out to be this, like, battle simulator thing, and, like, I guess there, some people like playing those games. Oh, my gosh, it was such a letdown. Anyway. Your predictions, Russ. I have another yet outlandish prediction and that is that they will surprise us with a splinter cell game oh i'm sure it's about time for another splinter cell it is way overdue for a splinter cell game i want another splinter cell 
it's beyond me. If you think about it, I don't think there has been a Splinter Cell title for this entire generation of console. They've been, I think they've been talking about it for a while. But with with the last E3, they were it was more like Far Cry ish and um, what well, not not Watch Dogs, but the um, uh, what's the other game that came out just like Watch Dogs? I don't know. Uh, it's the other game. Watch you- Dogs. Um, what is it by them? Yeah. Oh, what is it? Uh, it's the looter shooter. The looter shooter. Big Baby Moose plays it. Destiny. No. Uh, <laughs> which one are you talking about? Uh, oh, Division. Yeah. You know, I bought Division 2, and I have yet to play it. Sounds about right. <laughs> I have so many freaking games I gotta play. I had to buy it at full price then knowing that I wasn't gonna play it for five months. No, no, that's not the case. I actually bought it on sale. I bought it for about 30 bucks. No, I'm surprised and proud. <laughs> uh, do you have any other predictions for Ubisoft, Steve? No, as long as they uh, keep their F-bombs to a minimum. Yeah, gosh, it's annoying when they go off a deep end on that. Going to Bethesda. Ah. Now, of course, Bethesda has been hurting from the fallout of Fallout 76. Which is a bit of a bummer because I was looking forward to that game and I'm glad I did not pull the trigger on that one because people have been saying it is not a good fallout. Pretty much the definition of overpromise under deliver. Well, it's just bizarre because the Fallout franchise is a very... Uh-huh. Just beloved franchise. You know, it's. Uh-huh. I have several friends who just always look forward to the next Fallout title, but. Now, everyone hate. When, when, uh, what's it, Tom Howard? I don't remember. I came out and was talking about the game and about how it was going to be like 10 times the graphics of the other one. I mean, just over promise, over promise. And then the game came out and then there's like, there's blurry moments and like a little pixelated this, that, and another game slow down lighting sources coming out of the earth like what is happening <laughs> do we have a finished product you're too ambitious on this one <laughs> <clears throat> well i do believe okay one of my predictions for bethesda is they are they're going to show gameplay footage of that original ip space rpg thing that they teased at the end of last year's press conference and unfortunately i don't remember what the name of that title is, but I do believe that that is going to be something that they, they feature. Here's what I hope they don't do. It's last year with Bethesda, they when they had their little show... <laughs> when they had their little dog and pony show. Yeah, they had their little, you know, magic tricks. A um, <laughs> little circus act. <laughs> <laughs> Some popcorn. Um, you know, they had what's his face come out and play like this crazy song, and then they had their developer. That was actually pretty fun, though. Uh, okay, for you. Uh, I mean, just fifty percent uh, less interesting. Anyway, so then they had their developers come out there, and they were like asking for applause, and they were asking for accommodation, asking like it was weird. It was like they were stretching for any kind of attention they could get. And that yeah. was just terrible. Just come out, tell me about the game, show me what you got. Yeah, a little, little too much there. Ugh, you know, I painful. think that they have actually only had around like five press conferences total. So the whole press conference thing for Bethesda is actually kind of new. And? 
Well, I'm just saying, I think that if you're a company that has not had years upon years upon years of press conference experience, sometimes you, you know, you, you experiment and try certain things and some things work and some things don't. I think that's that in Bethesda's case. I think that's kind of the case. Eh, I just think follow the simple formula and uh, I won't do you wrong. Hmm, there you go, Steve. We should put you in charge of all press conferences for E3 from now on. I'll take a job. <laughs> so what kind of other predictions do you have for Bethesda? That's about that. I'm wondering if we're going to see another Wolfenstein preview. Because obviously the oh, Wolfenstein right. Young Bloods, I think, is coming out this year. That's right. Wolf. Yeah, I forgot Wolfenstein was by Bethesda. Wolfenstein! Wolfenstein! Yeah. So with the success of, of Wolfenstein, those. Uh, such a good game. Such a good... I haven't even played that one yet. Um, I've just been over here watching you play it and getting rather pissy. Man, that game. But excited. It's a, it <laughs> brings out the aggression in me, but it is so fun. Like, Gosh, that game is good. I remember looking at you like, you gonna keep playing? You're like, you're looking at the game, rubbing your eyeball, massaging the headache that is now forming in your right temple. You're like, <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> okay. I'm leaving. Good night. Well, and of course, Rage 2 just got dropped. And so I've just started to play that. That's another Bethesda title. So they've been dropping these titles out, and luckily their first-person shooters are, are solid. They've, they always have been solid. So I think if they have a solid Wolfenstein 3, they should just debut it at the Microsoft booth and then not have a separate little conference for themselves because they're going to come out and everyone's going to go, boo! And it's not going to look pretty. So in order to save themselves some face, I would just say, show us the best of what you got at the Microsoft conference and then save your energy. Yeah, well, we'll have to see on that. I do have a feeling, though, that this year, I mean, we, there will be a certain number of titles that are shown. I just feel like 2020 is going to be the year where, like, all the big guns come out. And so you're going to have... This year, we're like, it's kind of a holdover year, you know? Like, like oh, here's some titles. <laughs> Have fun. And then, like, next year, it's going to be like... You never know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It could be Microsoft's year because they're going to want to be the ones making headlines. And... If they have all the attention literally on them and they don't come out with anything, that's going to be a smack and a kisser. That's true. That's very true. The last company, of course, is Nintendo. They're going to do their video direct like they've done before. And that show is painfully boring to watch. But you know because it's Nintendo a lot of their games when it actually hits the store shelves. I mean, they're going to be quality titles. They're all good. I mean, like I've, I've actually bought quite a few titles for my Nintendo switch. They're, they're just masterfully designed games. They're just, they're so, they are so exclusive to to Nintendo and it's just unapologetically the persona of Nintendo. And that's fine for their system. It's like, yeah, sometimes I'm in the mood to try it out and play it. And you know, I feel Enlightened as I played. It sounds kind of cheesy, but... Uh, it does sound cheesy. I, I think it's cool. The one prediction I have that they will show is that it's rumored they're bringing The Witcher to the Switch. I heard something about that. So it would be pretty darn cool if they, they brought out The Witcher. Not not 
by itself because people who I think who have the Switch probably also have another gaming system. So they most likely they've already played it. But if they released The Witcher with some other DLC exclusive to Switch, then that would be cool. And people would be like, ooh, I gotta get The Witcher on the Switch. I mean, because they want to play this other stuff they can't play it on the regular game. Yeah. Well, and Nintendo lately has been really courting a lot of these developers to bring their titles to their system. Some of which surprised me, like, for instance, Mortal Kombat 11 is now available for the, the Nintendo Switch. And I'm like, I would never have <laughs> thought that Nintendo would court another realm to bring their Mortal Kombat 11 game to their system. So are you guys in the mood for Mario Kart or Smash Brothers, anybody, or Mortal Kombat? <laughs> well, I mean, another one is that they were courting id Software. They brought over Doom. That's crazy. Doom is on the Switch. I mean, it's just like, I, I don't know. To me, it's so weird because like I'm so used to Nintendo being like the family systems, the family console. And I don't know, like just seeing these titles make their way, it almost kind of taints the system. And it was like, oh, no. Sin has entered into the system. Oh, no. But, I mean, I, I tip my hat off to the gamers out there who only own a Switch and have been dying to play these titles. Hey, you are now able to play these titles. So, hey, have fun. There you go. When I think of all the different companies that we've gone over here, in conclusion, I think, I predict that Microsoft will have the best showing out of anyone here. I think that there are some key movements that are happening with any three, you know, with Sony bowing out of their press conference, EA games, not having a press conference. You have Microsoft that will still be there just based on some of the information that they have released already. It's theirs to lose. I think that, that if they play their cards, right, they are going to have a fantastic showing at E3. It's going to bolster their exposure to the gaming world. It's going to further help to, just get them better aligned for 2020 when they will most likely launch their system. And when it comes to the other companies, you know, I, like I said, I, I think Square Enix is going to be the wild card. I think that when they have their press conference, again, it's going to completely depend on how well received those games are. If those games are really well received, they're going to be in a fantastic position. If the games fall flat on their face and people realize, oh, this is not like what we were hoping for. Like that's going to be a problem, obviously. Overall, though, I'm a little concerned about, and this really doesn't have anything to do with predictions. I mean, well, I mean, it kind of does in its own way, but I'm concerned with a lot of the behaviors that we're seeing from these publishers because to me, E3 has always been the, the opportunity for the gaming industry to come together for one week and show off to each other what they've been working on. It's a fun coming together event. And it's just fun because you get to have this sense of unity among the hype of all the games and systems and stuff that are coming out. But like that, that's why E3 was formed. The, inter the um, Electronic Entertainment Expo was formed out of CES. You know, the gaming world used to only go to CES, but then E3 was made just exclusively for these video game companies to be able to show off their stuff. And I think it's it's a bit unfortunate that there's this fragmentation that's going on. And I predict that what's going to happen, here's a prediction for you. 
I think, unfortunately, this is going to continue to happen. I think that these publishers will just decide to have their own kind of like special day or a couple of days of press conference where they don't have to share the spotlight with, with their competition. And what's going to happen is, is that E3 will just be dwindled down to something that's not nearly as big of a deal as it is today, simply because everybody wants to have like their own show. So there's going to be like the... Microsoft show. There's going to be the Sony show and there'll be like different times of the year. And Nintendo of course has already, Nintendo's the one who actually started this whole thing with our pre-recorded video. So it's, it's a bit of a, um, to me it's, it's more of a negative prediction, but I do believe that unless there is some sort of huge fallout from the, the fans and the gamers when they see how like, EA and Sony have approached the way they do things and it backfires. I think it's going to continue. You're going to see the, the whole thing kind of melt away and it's, it's going to be a bit of a bummer. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that that prediction does not come true because I, for one, really am a big fan of when E3 comes around. It's like second Christmas. Right. No, I, I agree with you on the, um, on the, the Microsoft conference, but I also think that, oh, and I hope that a lot of these publishers will eat a slice of their humble pie because you have a bunch of, of online scrutiny nowadays where people are pretty hip to the game of showcasing a certain title on a high-end PC. And then when the game comes out, then it's not looking nearly as good <coughs> or they just talk about a game, how great it's going to be and the game comes out and it's totally opposite of what they said it was going to be. And we have all this quick reference material for right on YouTube that everyone has seen, everyone has downloaded and everyone can go back really quick and see what you said to the world about your game. And then when the final product is out, it's not even close to what you had promised right. it was going to be. So, I mean, as much as Anthem has, has hit, <laughs> has hit the fan um, and how much promise in that, you know, and talk and in hype that game had. Um, I don't know. Plus with all the, uh, some of the Assassin's Creed games that, that have come out and plus with Bethesda, uh, with Fallout 76, I don't know. I, I kind of, I'm kind of thinking we're going to see less talk and just more games so you can, they can, we can see them run, but at least they don't have to make a promise first that they have, they'll, they'll later regret. Yeah. Well, that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week when we cover E3 and all it has to offer. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud.com slash TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will see you next week.